From Putin to Biden to Michelle Obama's pending presidential campaign, Gary and I cover a host of national topics today, but ending back here right in the heart of good old Rocky Top. My name is Kevin Cookagee, and with my good friend Gary Humble, this is the Freedom Matters Podcast. This is like Backstreet Boys. Or, no, this is Britney Spears. Thank you. Yeah, I, <clears throat> when I heard them. <laughs> you know what song it is? Uh, I can't I can't say I'm a big... Yes, I've heard it, but... Uh, I don't know. I just well, know Britney Spears. Listen to a few of the lyrics because it leads right into our topic. Oh, well, there you go. Oops, I did it again. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> what did she do? So this song for... Our listeners who okay, don't know. I, let me just say, yeah, I, I I never expected that we would open the show with Britney Spears. I'm really? Just, yeah. Never, but, I mean, it's fine. Britney Spears, despite her personal life, yes. she's an amazing artist. Yeah. Amazing voice, great dancer. Amazing performer. Yeah. And um, she's kind of had a comeback, not not her personally, but her music has begun popular again. Um, I have family members who are kind of into the Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears. I'm like, really? That's so, like, 25 years ago. <laughs> well, if you listen to these lyrics, and if you know the lyrics, it's it's really an admission that she's not being honest. She's like, oops, I did it again. You know, I thought I gave you the impression that I was serious about you. Is this, a, this like a Biden reference or mm-hmm. something? You know, so, oops. Well, so I, th- I, I think it really could be the Rhinos theme song. Mm. Because, I mean, listen to some of these lyrics, and, and you can just overlay what they do to us all the time. Oops, I Did It Again by Britney Spears. Some of the lyrics, I did it again. I made you believe we were more than friends. I'm not, I'm, doesn't mean I'm serious. That's typically so me. I lose all my senses. I played with your heart, got lost in the game, but I'm not that innocent. So when I think of this, Gary, I, the reason I think it's like a, a rhino, Republican in name only theme song, think about every time at election season, they tell us they're with us, right? Mm-hmm. The campaign material says... Second Amendment, I'm all for it. Your individual liberty, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. But then when they get in office... I'm fighting. I'm fighting yeah. for you. But once they get in office and they've gotten that security of, hey, I, I got your vote, then they say, yep. you know what? <laughs> Oops, I did it again. Yep. Oh, what? The Constitution? Oh, I love the Constitution. So, Gary, let me ask you, what is the most prevalent in the last four or five years, what is the most prevalent issue on which our political leaders have promised that they care about our individual liberties, but have completely abandoned them. In the last five years? Yeah, four or five years. I was trying to give you a hint by how I... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's. I feel like there's been a lot of promises made. I'm trying to pick the one that you're that you're getting at. Well, in the last four or five years, anything under COVID, right? The big lie of 2020, they... they... Okay, that... Well, hang on. You got to right. give me a second. Okay. Because I'm trying to calculate. That has been four years. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's why I didn't say COVID, because I'm thinking to myself, well, that hasn't been four or five years. It has been four yeah, years. Yeah, four years ago about this time, they're getting like, ready to like lock us all down. Wow, it's incredible. Yes, so, no, clearly, COVID. And you put out a letter via social media, and um, by the time this goes live, this podcast, you will have sent it out, reminding all the grassroots in Tennessee never to forget that in July of 2021— we got a letter. July 27th. 
And that letter contained the signatures of, was it 17? 16. 16 senators. 16 of our 27 Republican senators. Okay, so really important. Not just senators, but Republican senators, including the likes of Jack Johnson. And that letter said, essentially, it's the Pfizer marketing points, right? The government's talking points about, we think it's better that you take the shot because it is, quote, safe and effective. Yep. And our listeners know that over the last couple of years, we have every time there is a new study that not every time from time to time, we pull one of the new studies of the now thousands that the studies are ubiquitous peer review studied, by the way, of why the, the jab and the shot were not safe and were not effective. And so I think it's our duty, Gary, every week to give every time we talk about this to give the opportunity to those who sign their name on the list to repudiate it. Because it's not as if, you know, a lot of times when we when we confront our political leaders, they'll say, well, I didn't read that. I'm not familiar with that. Well, sorry, you don't have the right or the opportunity to escape culpability by closing your eyes. Right. Can you imagine? Th- think about it for a second. If you, if you drive your truck down the road and you run over some poor pedestrian and you're before the judge and the judge says, well, Gary, why'd you run over this pedestrian? You say, well, your honor, I was driving with my eyes closed. He wouldn't change his opinion, right? You're still guilty. And yet from politicians, we hear this all the time, right? It's, it's implied when you drive a truck that you drive with your eyes open. You don't need to have a list of assignments that say, oh, by the way, when you drive, the same thing is implied of our political leaders, right? When they are they're charged with securing our liberties, protecting our sovereignty, and so it is their duty. It doesn't have to be written in, in anywhere. It is their duty to work with their eyes open to know yeah. what is there when they're faced with the decision having when they're faced with having to make the decision on defending liberty and upholding the Constitution. Yep. We we expect them to know what to do. Absolutely. That's why they've been elected. Yep. Right. So with that in mind. Yet another story comes out this week, a peer-reviewed study, and I'm, I just want to focus on one thing that is new about this particular study. Well, I think before you get into that study, uh-huh. let me read a few of these highlights from that letter. Oh, yes. Let's so, remind our audience. Well, so we posted this letter on our website, again, drafted uh, July 27, 2021, uh, and the, the, the title, it was even titled, State Senators Urge Tennesseans to get COVID-19 vaccines. So, I mean, this this was not just some little, like, do your research. Mm-hmm. Here, here's some of the highlights that I put on here. One statement. A strong majority of these cases are among those who are not vaccinated. So what are they trying to do? Are they trying to sh- – it's your yep. fault. Yep. It's your fault. <clears throat> the vaccines have been found to be safe and effective against COVID-19. Well, how the hell, how the hell do, you, do you know that? Yeah. This is – this is July of 2021. Um, the COVID vaccines were developed utilizing high standards. And I underlined at this point, uh, underlined at this point in bold, uh, with few adverse effects, of course. <laughs> All of these statements. Um, here's another one. Unfortunately, efforts to get more people vaccinated have been hampered by politi- by the politicization. Politicization. Sounds like we get those claps again, right? (laughs) Of of COVID nineteen. Here's a good one: the COVID nineteen vaccines save lives. We strongly urge all Tennesseans, quote, get vaccinated. Signed. I'm going to read the sixteen names. Yes, let's hear them. Signed: Randy McNally, Richard Briggs, Jack Johnson, 
Todd Gardenhire, Ken Yeager, Ed Jackson, Farrell Hale, John Lundberg, Becky Massey, Paige Wally, Bill Powers, Dawn White, Shane Reeves, Bo Watson, Paul Rose, and Art Swan, 16 Republican Tennessee state senators, and those were their statements. And to this day, I've never heard an oops. I've never heard an apology. I've never heard, uh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Nope, they marched right on along um, as if this was um, completely normal uh, from a state legislature. So if you are on that list, we're going to give you another opportunity to repudiate what you're doing. Yet another study, this time from, and let me make sure I quote the study right, it's called the PubMed-listed open access journal Curious. Oh, no, that's sorry. That's where it was published. What, what's really interesting and new about this study, <clears throat> when you said high standards, something in your letter, in that letter, they yeah, told the, us— They said the COVID vaccines were developed with high standards. Let me tell you what this study says about those high standards, okay? Remember, first of all, all the clinical studies, they lied to us about them anyway, right? They told us that clinical studies said it's safe which they weren't. And then the drug that was approved was not even the drug that was released, right? So they could keep it protected under the, mm-hmm. um, uh, what, what's the EUA? Yeah, EUA, emergency use authorization. Well, now we find out that in addition to those problems, apparently the process by, by which they uh, rid them of their impurities was different for the drugs that were actually sent out versus the one they used in the clinical batches. This is a quote from a story in The Blaze this week, which says, quote, whereas the mRNA products from clinical batches in the registration trials were ostensibly, I say that in quotes, free of process-related impurities, the doses that were made with a method much more suitable for mass production, which they call process two, showed significant reduced mRNA integrity. So aside from the fact that they lied to us about the clinical trials, aside from the fact that they've told us it's safe and effective, aside from the fact that they used a different drug than was actually approved under the FDA, now we find out that the process by which they created the drugs to distribute to millions and hundreds of millions of people is a different process than they even used in the clinical trials from which they got their tests, which means there's no correlation between the tests, even if they were reliable. Well, they had to use a better process, though, Kevin, for mass production. (laughs) Better. (laughs) So in light of that, here's my question to the, the governor who we know has been supportive of this and to every one of those senators who wrote that. It's another opportunity for them to repudiate it. And by the way, as we just said, they're not innocent if they say, I've not read this report. There's tons of these reports now. So my question is, in light of the Britney Spears song that we just heard, are they going to, well, in fact, to use the words of Henry V, did you ever watch Henry V, uh, Kenneth Branagh version? I feel like I did. Yeah, it's been a long time. There's that one point when he's out in the battlefield and he says, will you yield? Right. And that's that's what I feel like I'm shouting at the senators is like with all of this information. Yeah, finally, will any of you be humble yeah. enough to yield or in the words of Britney Spears, are you forever lost in the game on serious about preserving our liberties? Knowing our Tennessee uh, uh, GOP leadership, uh, as I do so far, I suppose the option will still be oops, I did it again. So <clears throat> unfortunately, but we never want to. You know, we never want people to forget that what Tennessee did was not 
unique from what everyone else did across right. the country. We were not some all our governor did all while the legislature stood by and allowed the governor to continue to rule uh, month over month by executive fiat. All we did was enable the the local tyrants to reign tyranny over the people. We allowed through executive order, we allowed boards of health to close businesses. We allowed and extend unconstitutionally extended new authorities to county mayor to ma- mayors to mandate masks while parents were knocking on the doors of their legislators. Um, we told them to go talk to their school boards. Not our not our problem. Go talk to your school boards who were mandating masks and sh- closing um, schools. Um, so it's and doing incredible damage. Uh, not not only to the education of their children, but the emotional well-being of their children. I mean, quite frankly, uh, we saw, of course, suicide rates, you know, go up across the country. We did that here. All of it. Tennessee did not escape what was going on around the country. And I just I want I, I don't ever want people if we forget that uh, we'll continue to lose. Do Bottom you, line. Do you think, Gary, using this as a segue? Do you think that the governor and the legislature thought that maybe the uh, spirit of Rocky Top enabled them to violate the Constitution? You heard about what happened in Hawaii. <clears throat> oh, uh, with regard to the, the Second spirit Amendment, of Aloha, <laughs> the spirit yes, of Aloha supersedes the Constitution. I just read that. That's in- incredible. In fact, I think uh, there we go. <laughs> Listen, we don't we don't need guns. No. So this this is this song is called Spirit of Aloha? Yes. Yes, it's just this is Aloha. It's kind of We don't need a constitution. No, We've we got just the need, spirit of Aloha. We need love, Kevin. Just love. It's yes. it's interesting, isn't it? If you think about the the connection between the Obamas and Hawaii, Hawaii's not just historically been very progressive, uh, regressive leftist, but it's not as if these judges of the Hawaii Supreme Court, for those who don't know what we're talking about, Hawaii basically said they are not obligated to follow the federal constitution because of the spirit of aloha. Yeah. Wow. What a um, statement. But in that statement, you see what the left always does. They'll make a preposterous, they'll take a preposterous position knowing that, okay, we're going to get beat back, but they're trying to move the status quo. So they'll take a 10 and hope to get kicked back, you know, to a five or a three. If they would have just moved it an inch, then they would have gotten put back. So this is what our side has never <clears throat> mastered and understood in the political dialogue that, yes, this is an outrageous statement, but it's intended to move that bar and to move that status quo. Can you see if other states did that? That's why I mentioned Spirit of Rocky Top. Or can you imagine <laughs> that? That would be the response. If the spirit of the Ozarks right, in Missouri outweighed the 13th Amendment, then Missouri would say... We're going to bring back slavery. I mean, our, it's outrageous. Or Arkansas, though. Those are sorry, Arkansas. Arkansas. Right? Yeah, just sorry. Do they, do they not spill over into Missouri at all? Uh, it's not just, really. They, like when it gets to the Arkansas border, they I mean, stop. I mean, you leave the Ozarks to get to Branson, sort of. So yeah, they <clears> kind of <throat> stop at the border. Come on, I don't know any mountains that stop at the border. <laughs> That's like saying that the Smoky Mountains, which are really part of the Appalachians, they go all the way up into Pennsylvania. Uh, They're just not called Smoky. Up there. Maybe someone can email us and let us know, but I'm pretty sure the Ozarks are completely <laughs> contained within okay. the state borders of Arkansas. Anyway, that w- that was my segue. Want to talk about Putin? I do, I, and I hope I hope people. I know folks are saying out there, oh, I'm not going to watch this interview with Tucker Carlson and Vladimir Putin because it's just a big psyop. Look, here's 
here's the thing, and we, you know, we, I, I pitched this question to you before we started the show. Right now, you've got three options, as I see it. I mean, you've got three options as a citizen of the United States to determine what in the hell is happening right now uh, between Russia and Ukraine. Mm-hmm. One of those options, <clears throat> thanks to Tucker Carlson, is you can discern by his own words and put forward by Tucker Carlson, who I think so far has done a phenomenal job mm-hmm. uh, bringing incredible interviews on Twitter that flies in the face of mainstream media. All right, so you can trust that, or you can believe what the mainstream media has been feeding us in terms of the narrative of the mm-hmm. Ukraine-Russia conflict, or you can believe what the CIA has been feeding us vis-a-vis our incredibly corrupt United States government. So those are our three options. Uh, Neither of which are great, but... None none are great, unless any of us have been physically to Russia or or Ukraine. Outside of that, those are our three choices. I've got to tell you, for me personally, again, to your point, none of those being phenomenal options. I'm going to choose the interview with Tucker Carlson just based on at least so far a, a, what I feel to be a track record of honesty. And, um, you know, this idea that we continue to pump billions of dollars into this war, I think many of us have felt for a long time, is is asinine. Regardless of whether or not you believe Putin and his intentions, we know that Zelensky and the Ukrainian regime are incredibly corrupt. Mm-hmm. There's been, uh, you know, you go back to Hunter Biden and his uh, the board of Burisma and all these different yep. things. And then there's been all these articles about these uh, bio labs, yep. you know, that have been placed all mm-hmm. through. And, and we suspect maybe that's part partly why. I mean, there was a huge suspicion during that time that that's why right. the United States wants to blow the place up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like blowing up the evidence, whatever. So... You know, in on one hand, I'm utterly convinced that Ukraine is an incredibly corrupt enterprise and that large factions of our government, including our own president's son, is in cahoots with all mm-hmm. of it, right? So even when you add that to the mix, why would I not at this point? Why would I not choose to take Vladimir Putin at his word? Or at least, as we talked about before we went uh, open this recording— at least you finally get to hear what Putin is saying, right? If you want to evaluate it, and I think Tucker's been very clear, he's no special pleader for Putin. He just wanted to give him a format in which to say what he believes and then let the people decide who's more credible. To this point, the mainstream media has not even allowed or permitted any kind of – we can't hear him in his own words as if we're not smart enough to make our own evaluation – if they were confident in their position, why wouldn't they let us see this interview and say, oh, my gosh, he's, you know, blowhard. It's just all fake. Let us make that decision. But the very fact that someone says you can't even listen to what the dictator says, well, that raises my suspicion suspicion as to what their motivations are for preventing us from hearing it. Well, see, Kevin, you're he's too manipulative. <clears throat> and they're trying to protect, they're trying to protect, to protect you from his, his manipulative nature because otherwise you'd be more prone to believe him because you're not smart enough to be able to discern whether or not he's telling you the truth. That's that's the problem. Yeah, we need, <clears throat> we need the government. Paternalistic government comes again, right? And so the I found the interview to be absolutely riveting. I, I thought his presentation of Russia's 
historical presence in the world, you know, going all the way back to the 800s. You know, you're talking 11, 1200 years of history. I found that to be remarkable and as an American, incredibly eye-opening. I also found the history presented of how Ukraine came to be over these various wars and conflicts and the fact that similar to the Palestinian people, There's no such thing. I mean, I, I, and I had never really thought about or knew that before. There's no it's historically no such thing as in as a Ukrainian. <clears throat> right. U- Ukraine is a, a created state. Right. It's a uh, legal fiction. That's mm-hmm. right. With culture from Russia, Hungary, and Poland. Mm-hmm. And and in in my understanding, and from what Putin relayed, if if you go into Ukraine today, that's what you're going to see. You're going to be, see people who live in Ukraine under the the banner nation of Ukraine, but that consider themselves Russians, Hungarians, or Polish. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a story that I just in I don't know why it it I don't know why I, it, this gripped me so much, but um, he talks about to, to make his point. He talks about this moment where the the Russian army in the current conflict, the Russian army had surrounded this, and I don't know if they call them platoons. I'm going to call them a platoon for lack of a better word in mm-hmm. understanding how this stuff works. They had surrounded a Ukrainian platoon in this village, and they were surrounded. The Russians asked them, like, surrender. We, we've got you. Go ahead. Please surrender. Well, the Rus- the Ukrainian army refused to surrender, and so the, the Russians wiped them out. But— The reason they would not surrender, they spoke up and they shouted, we will not surrender. Russians do not surrender. So these men Mm -hmm. fighting in the Ukrainian army considered themselves to be Russians Mm -hmm. by culture. And I I don't know, that that just really gripped me um, because I think, and, and again, some people will say, well, you know, Putin could be lying. Maybe so. But I, I just think we're being fed such a false narrative. I think Americans have absolutely no concept of what's really going on. I think that people are being forced to fight in this conflict who really have no interest in fighting in this conflict. And the people, I think, who really have an interest are, number one, those who are gaining financially, and two, and I think this is the main point. This is honestly, and I'll just say this. And I, I want to read something that I wrote. <clears throat> this is my main takeaway, and this is just my just my own discernment. I have no proof for this. This is me this is me gleaning what he's saying. I absolutely agree with Tucker that Putin is not an expansionist. This idea that that Putin wants to use nuclear war, the threat of nuclear warfare, to go, you know, take over all of these surrounding states in Europe and and have world domination, I think is an absolute crock of crap. What I read is he's a nationalist. He's a, he's a Russia first guy, right? right. He loves Russia. Yes. Yes. He's doing trade with China. Why? He explained why he's like, what do you want me to do? You won't trade with me. You won't let me in NATO. Mm -hmm. And here I've got a neighbor that I've had for over a thousand years that we share a 1000 kilometer border They're trading with us. It's doing our economy well. Our people are doing well because of it. And what do you what do you expect? What do you want me to do with that? He's he is a Russia first president, and he's interested in the security of his own national sovereignty. What I glean from that is he's not a globalist. We know, at least I I know, that our government is corrupt as hell. 
and is being and very run much globalist by globalists. Yep. So why would we want to finance Ukraine to go at, at Russia? Why? Because we are looking for every opportunity to destabilize national sovereignty. We're destabilizing our own sovereignty sovereignty by not securing our borders, by dismantling our currency. Mm-hmm. And we're looking to destroy the national sovereignty of Russia. Yeah, I think if you look at that in in that lens alone or in that framework, again, not taking Putin's side, I think it would be a mistake if somebody misunderstood what we're saying here. That does not mean that Putin is a good guy. Right. Not at all. This does not mean you're dealing with a guy of character. Nonetheless, he's a president of a sovereign nation. Right. And here's and if there are sides, the two sides are Ukraine is completely supported by the globalists, right? The globalists are behind money into Ukraine, give Ukraine arms, et cetera, versus Russia, right? You can turn that on its head to to really expose what's going on when you look at China. China, in fact, is expansionist. The Belt and Road Initiative has been going on all over the world. China's putting its fingers into every nation, exchanging money and financial opportunities to build roads and whatnot in exchange for their mineral deposits, right? to control they they're more imperial than Great Britain ever was yeah. and yet our country our national leadership says oh they're just you know competitors as if they're competitors economically so it's completely flipped on its head they apply a narrative to someone like Putin who again I'm not he is a national enemy by definition but Putin who is a nationalist about his own country and Xi and the Communist Party of China is very expansionist. Everything they do is expansionist in nature, and yet they call that, no, they're just worried about their own. It's hypocrisy, and it lets you know exactly where their priorities are. And I love the fact that Tucker had the courage to have this interview, right? Isn't it funny that even Zelensky said, didn't Zelensky say he's putting like a hit job on yeah, Tucker on, on because Tucker. he had this interview? Yeah, and I get, and I don't know what, what transpired, mm. but I know at least the, the EU was considering sanctions in terms of not allowing Tucker to even get back to the U.S. Uh, through air travel. Yeah, apparently, though, that, that was one guy from the EU and a lot of other people said, no, he doesn't speak for us. Oh, but the it. fact that they think that they, yeah. that shows you how scared they are, right, of just the truth. A conversation, even if that conversation is full of lies, right? Even if Putin's lying through his teeth, why won't they let the public listen to that? Why well, does- and, and with everything we know, like, again, just posing a hypothetical question this way, let's say that you were forced. I mean, you have no choice. You either have to make Vladimir Putin a friend or you have to make Xi Jinping mm-hmm. a friend. Like, which one do you pick? Well, interestingly, our government has picked China. Yep. And I find I'm I find that astonishing. Mm-hmm. You know, a a country that we know there's proof we mm-hmm. know is working to dismantle us from the inside out, whether mm-hmm. it be with Confucius Institutes or buying up our farmland or creating installations next to military bases and stealing our technology. I or mean, sending military-aged men up through the through border. Through the border. Oh, my gosh, the amounts, the, the number of platoons now. What of, Wasn't one of the recent reports that the number one nationality coming yeah. through the border China. is Chinese? Yes. And they come through Ecuador, right? That's kind of the launching ground, and they, there was one guy that was embedded with the, with these um, I can't call them immigration trains with these illegal passages of citizens all coming to the U.S. border, and they start in Central America and South America, and work their way up. And so, yes, tons of Chinese. So think about that: is 
Is Russia buying up American farmland? Mm-hmm. Is Russia installing installations on the on our on our homeland next to military bases? Is Russia in droves coming through our southern border? Like, is Russia doing that? Did Russia have a spy <laughs> balloon float over the United right. States last exactly. year, untouched exactly. for weeks? Yeah, yeah. That that we that we didn't shoot down until it had completely yeah, crossed covered the, the country and taken United all States. of its pictures. Incredible. So. You know, all of that said, again, I go back to when, when I, if I put all that information together, I am more likely at this point in my own discernment to take Putin at his word because the things that I heard him say line up in totality with everything else that I'm seeing happening on the global stage. And again, to, to your point, that does not mean that Putin is a good guy. But if Putin's aim is not to destroy America, then I don't care if he's not a good guy. That's his own problem. All I want to know is, do you want to destroy America? Do you want to take over other countries in Europe? Are you looking for global domination? Because if you're not... I don't care that you're a bad guy. I don't care that you don't have a great character. That's that's you, that's your nation and your own people's problem, not mine. It is important that we distinguish between a, a the desire of a dictator to be expansionist versus will he do whatever he can to destabilize the United States. I still believe that Putin because he is nationalist, because he loves mother Russia, he that's why he partners with China, not just for his his needs economically, but anything that can be done to destroy the dollar, anything that can be done to destroy the United States as the lone superpower, which we're not anymore, but we were, he still will do that. So he, he doesn't have to be expansionist to accomplish that, though. But yes, but based on, again, if you take his words at face value, that's if Russia is being threatened. I mean, he's he communicated, and, and it was interesting to hear Tucker's words, and I think Tucker actually is right. He asked, and I don't remember the word he used, but essentially he asked Putin if he felt bullied. And and Putin played that off like, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's just policy and, you know, this is but, – but really, in, in Tucker's kind of post-interview aftermath thoughts on the, on the whole thing, I, he thought this, and I agree, definitely Putin is put off. And does feel bullied that, number one, uh, even after the Cold War, that Russia was barred from joining NATO. That, that to him, shows that these other nations, including the United States, have ill will towards Russia and, and puts him on his heels a bit. Then you add to that that they allowed Ukraine to enter NATO right there on his border. And then... The United States, right in that region, installed a missile defense system. Mm-hmm. So what he was relaying is what, what all of those things communicate to me as the president of Russia is that the United States has ill will. So, yes, that puts me in a defensive posture. What he communicated that he wants, and, and he said the expectation of the Russian people was that after the Cold War, there would be a relate. There would be a relationship. There would be trade relationships and agreements, and that's never happened. The narrative continues to be that Russia is this evil empire with an aim to take down the United States of America. But no one, 
But no one is saying that about China, though, which yeah, is interesting. And the and the fact of the matter is, as far as I can tell right now, that's China, not Russia. Yeah, exactly. China's a much bigger threat. They have the capacity and the motivation. It's in their war doctrine. And they've been working at it. And yet, yes, what are we doing with China? We've been trading with China for 50 years, right? We've been supporting their economy. We've been giving them all of the tools to be able to destroy us. All the while thinking, according to our own premise as a nation, oh, they're just near peers. They're just economic competitors. They're not enemies. That We do that, you know, when we make that exchange, choosing to make, quote unquote, an, an enemy out of one country, even if I would even be satisfied, Gary, if we kept our eyes on both of them. Why do we have to be friends with China in order to be enemies with Russia? Okay, Russia historically has been an enemy, and I don't, I don't believe everything that comes out of Putin's mouth. But I don't have to be a friend of China to have that position. Hundred percent. China should be viewed for the danger that it is, irrespective of what we believe about Putin. So I put, I put this this morning on Twitter, and I'm, I'm reading this mainly because when I posted it, I guess it was an algorithm thing. Um, Twitter immediately uh, limited visibility. To the post, they didn't take it down, but they limited visibility where no one could like, share, or anything the post. Wait, uh, Elon Musk did this to you, be, Gary? Be, yeah, because of hateful content. Um, so I I immediately appealed that decision, and thankfully within ten minutes they agreed and put it back up. Great. So I was thankful for that. But here's what I said: Is anyone as frustrated as I am with the state of our nation? We've had many watershed moments over the last few years where Americans should have been willing to say enough is enough. But yesterday, with the Biden press conference and the Putin interview, we should all understand by now that we really don't have a country at this point. Our border is open and we are being invaded. The whole world knows it, including Putin. Federal agencies are being weaponized against our own people, including a former president. Our economy and currency is being systematically dismantled by those who have sworn an oath to defend and uphold our Constitution. Our military is being depleted to our own detriment and threat to our own national security. We are funding wars in efforts to destabilize nations with a clear intent to dismantle national sovereignty and usher in a globalized economy, currency, and government. And in the midst of these catastrophic circumstances, the media is feeding us bullshit about trannies, racial reconciliation, and Taylor Swift. That was probably all the bad language that got you initially taken down. I, I don't. I don't think I've seen. I've you seen call much, bullsh- I've seen much worse on Twitter. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying that's what they would use as their excuse. And I closed. I'll be clear on where I stand. I consider our current government an enemy of the state. Additionally, every elected member of Congress continuing to go along with this charade by running meaningless bills in order to get a news headline is complicit. You are weak. We are weak. Putin knows it, and the world knows it, and we only have ourselves to blame. I believe there are a great many patriots across the country that grasp the precipice on which we stand. What are we going to do about it? And that's, that's my thoughts, Kevin. That's where I'm at. I'm <clears> there. I'm there. Can I make one comment on what you just said? Sure. Did you mean to <clears throat> I know what you meant to say. I think you got I think you got your terminology opposite of what you intended to say there. You said the government is the enemy of the state. 
I, I said our own government is the enemy of the state. But we, the uh, our own government has hasn't our own government made well, us the, the it's, enemy. It's the enemy of the of people. The state. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, no, I think the government's the enemy of the people. They've declared us to be the enemy of the state. Well, that's that is a better way to say it. I <clears throat> guess I guess what I mean is that our the current regime is an enemy to the legitimate state right. that we have. Legitimate state. Legitimate Absolutely. state. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I mean to say. Because <clears throat> the state is the state, but I just don't believe that we're serving a legitimate state. Absolutely at this point. not. And we don't serve them. They serve they us. They serve us. That's right. So you mentioned at the beginning of that something that makes a great segue into this story that I just popped in my inbox before we started recording. You talked about Biden. So by now, most people know about Biden's uh, little case before the Department of Justice, which he's, has— He's an elderly man uh, with— Poor memory. <laughs> yeah, with diminished capacity or something, therefore we shouldn't prosecute him. You know, not fit to stand Feel trial. sorry for him. All right. When that came out, I someone texted it to me and I said, <clears throat> this is all orchestrated by the Obama regime because this is part of the plan, they're right, get, to knock down. Yeah, to get ready to knock out Biden as we've been talking about, to replace him with Michelle. And they're getting well, ready. guess who said it out loud this, this morning? Who? Tell me. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick of Texas. Really? <clears throat> yeah, listen to what he said. This is from a story that just came out, Western Journal, February 9th, 1.17 p.m. Central. So it's very recent. A Department of Justice report that described Joe Biden as, quote, an elderly man with a poor memory is proof enough for Dan Patrick, again, Lieutenant Governor of Texas, that the Democrats are going with a different candidate in November. The memo, along with Biden's late Thursday news conference, means that those who are pulling the strings in the Democratic Party are forcing Biden out. And this is what he says that's the key. Patrick specifically blamed former President Barack Obama and the deep state. He said, I've said for over a year many times that Joe Biden would not be on the ticket and Michelle Obama would be the likely nominee. It's clear the Democrat deep state run by Barack Obama wow. knew they had to take him down to give them a chance in November. So now it's being said out loud, out loud, right? We, a year ago, we talked about that. People think, no, no, conspiracy theory. Now you have a state official, lieutenant governor of Texas, saying out loud that Barack Obama is behind this. It's all about putting Michelle in the nomination for the Democrats. You will never hear anything like that come out of the lieutenant governor's <laughs> mouth in Tennessee. Um, so, so Too busy it, talking about sunshines and rainbows, rainbows. and sunshine. <laughs> All right, so interest, uh, I want to make, make sure I'm clear on that. So he, me he did mention publicly that we have a essentially a shadow government being run by Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. But who did he suppose that the nominee was going to be Michelle Obama? Yeah. Really? Okay, so that's interesting. So, uh, you know, because I'm still personally, I'm like, I go back and forth between Gavin Newsom and Michelle Obama. So he's saying Michelle <clears throat> Obama. Yeah, again, his words in his tweet, I've said for over a year many times that Joe Biden would not be on the ticket and Michelle Obama would be wow. the likely nominee. Interesting. So uh, that, he, that he said it out loud, I'm glad because, you know, what's that old line? Um What's the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth? It used to yeah. be about six months. Yeah, now it's about two weeks. Yeah, or so, a couple minutes, maybe a couple <laughs> minutes because maybe of Twitter or X. And again, I want to make sure because I was actually talking to my uh, my boys about this this morning. We're you know going through history and all these different things. We're because we're because we homeschool our kids. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't send my children to the indoct indoctrination camp. Um, so how's this gonna? I mean, the ballots can't be touched at this point right like all the so as the primaries continue i mean democrats only have the option to vote for joe biden right so well i mean i think there's on a couple of states there's some other they, they can, insignificant little 
Right, but 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 Michelle Obama <clears throat> or Gavin Newsom are, is ne- is not going to be on any ballots. Right. So this there, is it's 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 a convention. We're time. waiting until the convention. Mm-hmm. When do you, when is that typically? In July, end of July. I thought it was yeah, beginning of August. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So yeah, that's that's how it will be done. And um, it, do what's you, interesting is the pressure now that it's being talked about publicly. It'll be interesting to see whether they say no, 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 we're not going to do that, or how they respond to the exposure of their plan. Do you think that Biden's going to step down but before the convention? Hmm. Uh, yes, I do. Hmm. I don't like that. I'd rather have him run and get beat if there's a chance to be. This doesn't say that Michelle Obama can win, but she's never been, you know, this is a typical Obama ploy. I give you my personal opinion. I don't think Michelle Obama is beatable by any stretch. <clears throat> well, for multiple reasons. She is. She's not beatable. Super popular. <clears throat> And and the black woman thing, forget about it. And she's not had to go through a primary. This is what Obama has done historically, all of his campaigns. You take out the competition without ever having to debate them. They can never see the bad things. So Michelle Obama, there's not going to be any opposition research unless Trump is smart, right? He shouldn't just be doing the public tweeting. They should have all kinds of op- opposition research, not on Biden, but on Michelle Obama, so that when she finally does assume the mantle that we think she's going to assume, that they're ready. But that's why she's done it, because, you know, in primaries, all the candidates take the shine off the other candidates before they even get to the general election. None of that's going to happen with Obama. She's going to be looked at as, you know, pure as the wind-driven snow, as they say. Whether it be indictments, jail time, convention shenanigans, election fraud— Putting Michelle Obama in, I mean, the deck is so stacked against Donald mm-hmm. Trump, it's incredible. <clears throat> the deck is stacked against the against, American people. And against any Republican yeah. right now that runs for office. Yep. And we said that, what, a year, you, you year and a half that, ago? You said that a long time ago. Um, yeah, it's, which, go back to what Tucker said, not in his Putin interview. Tucker was talking to, I forget now who he was talking to. But he was making the point to an authoritarian within an authoritarian regime saying, look, it doesn't matter who your government leaders are. Your rights still come from God. Yeah. Right. And this is something that Americans are going to have to get very comfortable with unless and until we have a free system of elections again, because it's it's pretty clear that we don't right now. And so does that mean we give up defending our individual liberty? Does that mean we say, oh, I guess our rights don't come from God. They come from this new dictator. No. If anything, it should get people to light a fire under people to be much more vigorous in defending the fact that their rights come from God. Which leads me to, so as we, as we close, you know, we continue to put forward the message uh, through Tennessee stands that the federal government is not coming to save us. Mm-hmm. The best course of action we can take right now is to do everything that we can to secure liberty right here in the state of Tennessee. And that means on every front, whether we're, whether we're talking about doing everything we can to secure our own elections, securing medical freedom, dealing with um, you know, making sure we're not a magnet for illegal immigration, uh, dealing with the indoctrination camps that are our public school system, all of these issues – uh, we need to do everything we can to secure home right here in Tennessee. And I want to make sure everyone knows one way you can do that is go to TennesseeStands.org 
and make sure that you subscribe to our email list at tennesseestands.org. But also right now, every week on our website, if you go to the website and you on our menu, there's a, a menu section that you can act. And on the act menu, there's a page for our legislative priorities for this year and a page dedicated to all of the actions you can take this week for the, for the bills that are up in the Tennessee legislature. For example, this coming week, um, there'll be 12 bills that are available to take action on. The, the next week, it might be another 12 or 15 or 20. So things will start moving through committee a little quicker as we come to the end of session. But if you go to the website, and, and especially if you get our emails, you have opportunities with the click of a button to send every member of these committees um, a message to let them know that you support or oppose any of these particular measures that are going through the legislature. And I will tell you, Right now, we're tracking about 120 bills moving through our legislature through about 14 different subject matters, uh, from from vaccines to immigration to elections, you name it. So, Quick question about those. Yeah. Of those 120 bills, how many of those are actually fleshed out versus, what do you call these placeholder bills? Caption bills, Caption yeah. Bills. So, so right now, we're, we're not— <clears throat> We're not asking – we don't take action on caption bills because we have no idea right. what, what's going to be in them. Yeah, unfortunately, when, when a, a caption bill comes about, we don't know about it until after it, it passes or fails the first committee because that is when they will put the amendment on the bill. <clears throat> so, so we're watching for those as well, but we'll be – one opportunity down, you know, behind to advocate on those measures mm-hmm. because they've already been through a subcommittee, as, at least in the House. So, but, um, but we've got, you know, my, my point is we've got a lot of opportunity to impact what's happening right here in the state of Tennessee. You can do that through Tennessee Stands. And so we ask you to partner with us and help preserve liberty right here at home in our state. And to show you how busy Gary is on these bills, let me give you a just a little glimpse into the window of Gary's time. I sent Gary a text earlier this week, excited about the fact that after having had Steve Dace as a guest, we finally got Daniel Horowitz to agree to come and be a guest on our program, which <laughs> I was excited about because I've been hammering this up. I've been hammering Daniel for uh, for months and uh, he's so busy. I understand it's hard to get a, a commitment, but I sent him the Steve Dace recording, which of course got Daniel's attention. He's like, oh, great. Love to be on. And I was excited, and so I texted Gary, and I said, you know, are you good for this date when we have him on? <laughs> Gary's response was, sure. <laughs> like, where's the enthusiasm for that? And then you explained that you've had your head deeply invested in all these bills. So, But I am really excited to have Daniel Horowitz on the show. I mean, he, he was an absolute champion during COVID, still is, uh, following everything that's going on. And so I'm really excited to get a chance to talk to him. Great. Talk to you next week. Yep. If you'd like to learn more about Tennessee Stands, visit TennesseeStands.org to donate, volunteer, or get more information about what we're doing to preserve liberty for the people of Tennessee. You can also follow along on all social platforms at Tennessee Stands. As Thomas Paine reminded us, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it.